Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Wookiee Prisoner Time. Sean here with you today. Uh, this is going to be just myself. Just wanted to hop on the air and talk a little bit about Mando today. Um, so for those who don't know or do know, Mandalorian Season 3 aired this past spring, and the behind-the-scenes Disney Gallery episode dropped about a week ago, I think, at this point. Um, so watched that on the day it aired. It was great. It was about an hour. Definitely recommend it for all who didn't see it. But the premise of today's episode, the shorter episode today, is just going to be recapping five things that stood out to me during this watch of the behind the scenes. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, how those things played out during the season and why they maybe popped from me in this hour behind the scenes special. Um, so before we get into it, I definitely just want to give out a shout out to all the behind the scenes docs or footage that are either on Disney Plus or YouTube, wherever you can find them, uh, specifically the ones that cover the making of the movies. So two specifically, I want to give a shout out to are the Empire of Dreams doc, the Empire of Dreams doc, which covers the original trilogy and the homemaking behind that. I think that doc is like two and a half hours. Definitely check it out if you haven't. Ton of good stuff in there. Uh, and the next one is the director and the Jedi, which is focusing on the making of the Last Jedi. But again, all of the behind the scenes stuff is super cool. You can find it in the extras on Disney Plus. Um, so definitely check those out if you'd like to. Definitely recommend it. Um, in addition to that, you know, this is our third season of Mandalorian. We got Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, um, and all those have making ofs at least an hour, I believe. The first season of Mandalorian did it a little bit different. Uh, it had like eight episodes covering, um, I guess, each specific thing about the making of the show between the visuals, the music, the characters, uh, the directing, all that. So definitely recommend all the behind the scenes stuff that you can get your hands on. Um, just overall thoughts on this hour special regarding season three. Um, I really liked how it was pretty evident in the, in the special that they really focused this season on expanding. Um, and, you know, whether that be expanding the scope of the season, expanding which characters we were going to be focusing on, you know, it wasn't going to be just Din and Grogu. Um, so that was really cool how each director, you know, kind of talked about how they could do their own thing, but also expand the story. Um, and that's definitely one of the things that I love about these docs is like you get the different perspectives from like the, in The Mandalorian, each director that does an episode or two, what have you. Um, and then, of course, we get all the good, great stuff from uh, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Rick Famuyiwa, who is an executive producer for this season. Um, so yeah, just that's overall shout out to, I guess, how they break down this doc. You know, they go through episode by episode, but also kind of maintaining an overall, um, overall look at the whole season. So with that said, um, I wrote down kind of like five things that jumped out to me, and I have like stuff about each uh, that we'll get into. But we'll just get started. Get started with my 
fifth one here, and this is not necessarily in order. I kind of just broke them down into how I want to talk about them uh, on today's episode. So the first thing uh, that jumped out to me was actually something that we kind of touched on in the last episode, and that is Rick Famuyiwa, who is a director on previous seasons, as well as this season two, but also bumped up to executive producer. He states that the villains in Star Wars have... you. Like we as the viewer have this guilty level um, of liking them, and they the villains in Star Wars have a guilty level of likability, which I thought was perfect timing because we just talked about that on last week's uh, episode. Murph specifically said that he loves he not necessarily rooting for the villains, but he loves seeing the villains, you know, chomp chomp on uh, every bit of scenery they get in Star Wars, um, and he really specifically like Giancarlo Esposito's portrayal of Moff Gideon. So, and obviously in this behind the scenes, that's what we were talking about. Um, and, you know, we see this a lot in Star Wars, how the emperor, like, you know, he's not the best guy around, but you kind of just love watching him on screen and watching him manipulate and do what he does, even though it's <laughs> with ill intention. Right. Um, and I really do get that sense with, uh, Moff Gideon, um, and John Carl Esposito, who plays him, like you just, you can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen. He always has this, I don't know, he has these lines of dialogue that are just so kind of out there, but you're just like hanging on every word and he's delivering it perfectly. So I don't know. I loved how that was kind of highlighted when I got to talking about Moff Gideon a little bit towards the later, um, later stage of this hour special. So really love that. Next up, so I guess my fourth thing is going to be, I guess just a general note. So Dave Filoni at one point mentions that the Darksaber, he says the Darksaber alone isn't going to make you a leader. And this was definitely something throughout this, this season of The Mandalorian that was in question, right? Who had the Darksaber? Who earned it? Was the Darksaber itself going to be enough to... You know, what they say that if you have the Darksaber, like, you lay claim to rule Mandalore. Um, but, you know, I never really kind of totally hopped on board with that, that, you know, just because you had the Darksaber, you are going to be the ruler, you know? It really depends on how you are as a character, uh, or, no, how your character is and, you know, what kind of person you are. And we totally get that in this season, um with that kind of like Din and Bo-Katan heart to heart where he's, where Din um, is basically saying that, you know, Bo-Katan is a great, um, a great person, has great character, good morals, and that he would defend, like gladly defend with her um, until his final, uh, final days. So really love that. And, you know, the Darksaber gets destroyed. So, that definitely is a key key element to the season and you know you kind of have to earn that leadership amongst the two groups that we saw or even three groups um by the end of it and Bo-Katan certainly shows that she's capable of leading Mandalore without the dark saber you know where we're going to go in the future with that we'll see uh we'll see if maybe the dark saber comes back i don't mind it being destroyed uh, i kind of Thought that may have been the case before the season even started, um, that it was just going to be not necessarily tossed aside, but, you know, that, that, that wasn't going to be the true 
true mark of of who's going to be leading Mandalore. So that was my uh, my second thing that I, that I picked up in this. Going into number three, um, this is also surrounding Bo-Katan and the armor as well. Both actresses there, Katie Sackhoff and Emily Swallow. Um, they both talked about how acting with the armor is kind of its own kind of... Acting with the armor and the helmet on is kind of its own kind of thing. Um, it takes different kind of acting, I guess, to do that. And, and every tilt or movement has meaning to it. And I love this note, how they're also like highlighting as well. I think we talked, like myself and our other members of Wookiee Prisoner Time talked here about the helmet acting in The Mandalorian has been like so good. And, you know, we have more Mandalorians and more characters this season. So when they have those helmets on, you really do have to look at maybe every little nod or tilt of the helmet and, you know, kind of take reading from it. Specifically... Um, in scenes with Bo and the armor, you know, when they have their talk in the cave, uh, especially with the mythosaur, right? It's, you kind of have to just read the movements of, of what they're saying, but also how they're saying it. Uh, and so, yeah, this, the, uh, the armor acting really takes kind of a separate, I don't know, a separate little talent to do. But, um, I thought it was done really well for the show. And, you know, that's another kind of hill or mountain the, the show had to overcome was getting us to care about these characters while they are behind masks. And it certainly has done that, you know. It helps that we have kind of Grogu, who, you know, we've seen his face this whole time. Um, so we kind of have him as our human character per se that we are human main character that we can follow his facial expressions and whatnot um but i think we still get a lot from our mandos that are behind the helmets so those are my first three kind of keynotes that we that i saw that i picked out from this behind the scenes doc um, i have two more and they're pretty big but We'll get to those. I'm just going to take a quick break here. And on the other side, I'll break down my number one and two things that I picked up from uh, the Mandalorian Disney Gallery Season 3 doc. See you in a sec. And we're back talking all things Mandalorian Season 3 behind the scenes. Um, thanks to those tuning in so far, and I have broken down three of my main key things that I've taken from the Disney Gallery episode, um, the three things that kind of popped out to me so far, but we still have two to go, so I will get into the next one, number two, which is Ahmed Best coming back, the original Jar Jar Binks actor coming back into Star Wars. So when they, so the way this kind of Disney Gallery um, our special kind of went, you know, they go into each of the episodes and, and the Ahmed Best, Kelleran Beck, Grogu flashback episode was episode four, I believe. So it was kind of halfway through the doc, but I was kind of waiting for this moment the whole time, the first half I was watching this. Um, and you know, once, once they get into it, the, the moments that he's on the screen, it just brought me right back to watching the episode. You know, I got a little bit emotional. Um, 
while watching Mandalorian season three, and then then again watching this doc just with um, how they handled bringing him back um, was so great to see, and you got to see John Favreau and Dave Filoni and Rick talk about how you know it made sense for Ahmed Best to show back up as this character. Um, we have to see his character. I'm not sure if anyone watched, but the um, Jedi Temple Challenge on YouTube a couple years ago. And he played a Jedi, and it, it kind of just made sense for, for this character, this Jedi, to come and rescue Grogu uh, in this fashion. You know, he was a, a Jedi teacher to the younglings, so definitely made sense. And you could just tell how much it meant to him coming back. Um, he wasn't sure about coming back, but I think he would be the first one to tell you that. It was definitely the right decision, and uh, we loved having him in this episode. And, you know, maybe we'll see him... Uh, We'll see where him and Grogu go next if we get another flashback. Um, so we'll see. But that was definitely a huge part of this doc for me, to seeing that unfold. I believe Carl Weathers, Grief Karga, directed that episode too, and he talks about that as well. Um, really special moments with I'm at Best. And now we'll get into the number one thing I pulled from this doc. I guess it is, in a pretty general sense, what the show is all about, right? Um, and it's Din and Grogu's relationship. So, you know, that's really the key and the linchpin to the show is their relationship. And it's why we care so much about the show, um, at least for me. But um, we get off the bat just some quotes from John Favreau. He says that, you know, Din and Grogu's relationship is the heart and soul of the show, which obviously totally agree with that, you know. Going into watching The Mandalorian way back in season one, kind of figured, okay, cool, this is going to be a cool, kick-ass bounty hunter. We get to follow him through his adventures. But then, you know, we get the introduction to back then Baby Yoda at the end, right? And the whole thing is kind of flipped on its head, and now we get this father and son story um, throughout these three, three and a half seasons, four seasons with Book of Boba Fett, too. Um, Dave Filoni said they need each other, and you totally get that you totally get why they didn't like being separated um, and why they had their reunion when they did. Um, people maybe thought it was a little bit too soon, but I don't know. To me, it kind of makes sense that they wanted to be with each other, and that's kind of when they're at their best. Um, you know, Dave Filoni also said, uh, the family aspect of Din and Grogu may not have been what they set out to be but you know that's where they ended up and sometimes it is not always what uh, what you set out to do but it's where you end up and how you get there um, and that's kind of just a pretty key theme of uh of mando is is, is family and um, looking out for one another and we definitely get that with grogu and din especially in the in the finale as well right with grogu having a lot of agency um being in that IG mecha suit for a bit, but then like breaking free of that and using the force to really protect him and not necessarily attack the uh, the guards and Moff Gideon, right? Who's really there for defense and protection, which we love to see that in our Jedi, right? We don't want them to be too aggressive. Um, so it's great that Grogu maybe learned some lessons and wasn't acting out of anger, but acting in defense. So love to see that. And then kind of just a final note on the whole thing with Zen Grogu, so key to the show. Um, I'm not sure who exactly said it, but 
think it might have been John or Dave, but you know, they said at the end we kind of get them on their farm together, right? It might feel like the end, but it's always the beginning of another adventure. So, so excited to see where Mando and Din Grogu, <laughs> as he was then named in the in the finale, where where they go next and what kind of adventures they have. Um, you know, Mando may be acting as a bit of a ranger of the Republic, so we'll see if they're going on any missions and where they can explore the galaxy, where Grogu can get some good life experience. Um, and we'll see where they go from there. But overall, love this behind-the-scenes doc. Um, loved all the insight we get. Uh, before I forget, um, you know, we get Jack Black... <laughs> being his singing, dancing self in this documentary. We get to see a little bit about that, him and Lizzo coming into the episode, so that was fun to see. Um, but, you know, great great behind the scenes. Definitely recommend to anyone who hasn't watched it, you know, pick out some stuff that may not have popped out to you in the season, but the doc, doc brings it back and kind of highlights some, some things again. Um, and just a general note, all these documentaries, you know, if you're not totally into maybe watching the movie at the time you can watch the behind the scenes and kind of jump back into that world which they're great with um so that's going to be it guys uh thanks for tuning in shorter episode today hope you enjoyed this mando bts doc as like as like i did um and we'll see what we get next but until then may the force be with you always